Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. My guest on Freedom Forum Radio is Dr. Jerry Chotner. Right. Well, I, I mean, it, it really, you started to hear with something like, you couldn't be called the chairman of anything. You had to be the chairperson. chairperson. I, I mean, I could... I mean, I guess I could sort of see that. I mean, because, you know, gender does not determine that position. But, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, Cowboys and Indians, Redskins. I guess radical Islamic extremists is out, too. You know, it's interesting. They don't like the word Redskins, but the state of Oklahoma actually means red people. Well, I guess there's going to be a name change coming up. There might be. You know, it was very selective with the people that I call the politically correct police. It's very selective what they pick on. Well, I see this list that you have. What's wrong with water buffalo? Well, water buffalo is considered a racial slur. And this dates back to 1991, somewhere around that time, in the infamous water buffalo scandal. Uh, That's where a certain student and his roommate were working at the University of Pennsylvania and were trying to finish up term paper, and I guess they do not have air conditioning at the University of Pennsylvania and probably did not have it in the 1990s. But anyway, uh, there was a big ruckus outside uh, in the courtyard outside their window. The one boy leans out the window and, do you mind being quiet? We're trying to finish some work. The ruckus continued outside, and Eden Jakobowitz, who was the student that was ultimately punished by the university, he yelled out of the window, uh, can you be quiet, you water buffalo? Well, most of the crowd out there happened to be black. They were members of a black sorority, and one of them filed a complaint with the, uh, the student uh, union or the student uh, judicial council, and Jakobowitz was... Uh, without trial, was forced to attend diversity uh, seminars and sensitivity training and uh, confined to his dorm for a certain period of time. Well, Jacobowitz decided not to comply with that, and he hired a lawyer. And uh, eventually, uh, the uh, University of Pennsylvania, although they'd never, quote, acquitted him, they quit pursuing the case. But it actually uh, received, uh, the case itself received uh, worldwide attention. In fact, John Chancellor uh, had a broadcast uh, on, I believe it was the NBC network. And uh, an esteemed place such as the University of Pennsylvania declared uh, that that 
the water buffalo was a racial slur. Why? Well, it was obviously a black animal, and it was native to Africa, they complained. And uh, in reality, it's not native, as you know, to Africa. It's an Asian animal. And uh, it was a big beast, and therefore that they, uh, they considered that uh, racially offensive. Well, your alma mater has had uh, a very prominent case involving uh, political correctness, has it not? Well, interestingly, I, I mentioned that water buffalo case first because there was a guy who was largely responsible for the prosecution of Jacobowitz at the University of Pennsylvania. Fast forward to, to 2001, uh, this particular per, uh, person uh, who uh, got a job as assistant to the vice president at Duke University, and he was the main advisor to President Broadhead at Duke, and we're all aware of what happened with the lacrosse scandal at Duke. Well, let's talk about that, because that really is a good example of how political correctness can cause a lot of people some really serious financial and life harm, Uh, and that's what happened to those uh, students there, is it not? Yet those students did not have or did not come from uh, families that had financial resources, they would probably be in jail right now. But as you're aware, because of the atmosphere of political correctness, every measure, I think for some of our viewers, we probably should do a a very brief summary of what it was. A a black exotic dancer accused the lacrosse, uh, the Duke lacrosse team of being raped, okay, of raping her, okay. With all that was going on with Political correctness, every effort was made to take the side of this black stripper. And the exculpatory evidence, namely the absence of DNA of any of the lacrosse students in the vaginal vault of the lady making the accusation, that exculpatory evidence was refused by the Duke administration to be reviewed. In other words, the lawyers for the boys presented it to Broadhead and his assistant, uh, a guy by the name of Manetta, I believe, and they just said, no, they didn't want to get involved. So in an effort not to offend anybody in the black community at Duke or anybody in the uh, relatively large population of blacks in Durham, uh, Duke just stepped, stepped aside, uh, assumed that the, children, the uh, students were, uh, were guilty, expelled them from school, quote, for their own safety. And we all know the outcome of this, where we had Nifong, a district attorney, that got disbarred because he withheld this disculpatory evidence himself. And uh, we know that Duke paid out uh, $60 million in settlements to these three students, $20 million apiece. So this, this is, other than ruining these three students' lives, uh, this is the uh, dangers of uh, a PC. We're, our guest on Freedom Forum Radio is Dr. Jerry Chotner. Uh, who will be speaking at the Towns Union Tea Party meeting on Tuesday evening, March the 27th at 6.30 p.m. at the Butternut Creek Golf Course Community Room. I'm reminding of this because we'd like to have you all come out and join us to hear Dr. Chotner's talk and to interact with him and discuss with him uh, how political correctness is an attack on the First Amendment and our Constitution and ultimately Uh, the American way of life.
One of the things that's really important to understand about political correctness is that uh, in these kind of situations, uh, you, are, you are not innocent until proven guilty. You are guilty until you prove yourself innocent. It is a, an absolutely, it is turning the judicial system of the country upside down because these Duke lacrosse players uh, were considered guilty. They were, they were crucified in the press. Uh, all you heard about how these ter- terrible people had taken advantage of this woman. They were guilty of all kinds of terrible things. If I remember, two of them weren't even there. I mean, it was a, it was a complete miscarriage of justice. And yet, we now see in our country that the press has the ability to convict people without a trial. And no matter what happens when a real trial occurs, if it ever does, uh, never gets known to the public. Yeah, that's the shame of it. The students are, the three students that were charged, uh, even though they were declared innocent, in certain people's minds, they were still guilty. In fact, uh, on the Duke campus, while this was going on, somebody posted wanted for rape posters with the pictures of all these lacrosse players all across campus. There was a so-called gang of 88 professors at Duke that, excuse me, I'm sorry. There was a, a gang of 38 professors at Duke, uh, of 88 professors at Duke that absolutely thought that these kids were guilty and uh, put a lot of pressure on the administration to not help them in any way. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. We'll be right back after a quick break. My guest on Freedom Forum Radio is Dr. Jerry Chotner. Well, this is, this is a really important point to, to most of us. And the, the real problem is, is that we see it happening now, not just with political correctness. It's happening all over the government. Uh, and it's happening not only because of the government. It's because the government is aided and abetted, uh, aided and abetted by a press that convicts you because of a political agenda. So whether you're guilty, innocent, it doesn't really matter. If they decide that you're guilty, the press puts out the information in such a way that it's very difficult to refute. You then come to court, and you're fighting not only – you're not just fighting with your opponent in court. You're fighting a mountain of media coverage that is against you, again, whether you're guilty or innocent. And that's the problem with political correctness, and it's the problem with the First Amendment protection of the media. Because if you notice, the First Amendment not only protects free speech of individuals, it protects the press. And our founders protected the press for a very important reason. They expected the press to be impartial arbiters of public opinion and impartial presenters of factual information so that people could uh, make up their own minds. That's not happening, is it? Well, the New York Times motto has been and still is all the news that's fit to print. But if you read the New York Times, you will fast discover that that is not the case. The New York Times uh, basically was writing how guilty these three lacrosse players were. This is even after the exculpatory evidence was presented to them. Well, I mean, obviously this is what's what's going on now is that they have an agenda 
and that agenda is used no matter what the input. Every, every piece of data, every fact that comes in to the, to the media as fact is then distorted to fit a preconceived agenda. And that is, that's a situation that's almost impossible uh, to fight against, is it not? I don't know how to solve the problem. One of the exercises I advise people to do is to watch a one-half-hour segment on each of the three major cable news networks, CNN for one, uh, Fox News for the other, and MSNBC. You will get a different take on the same piece of news from all three of those. I personally wish that these reporters would stick to the facts and not become opinionators. But unfortunately, they are selling time and they're trying to appeal to the wants and needs of their uh, constituency and they slant the news to satisfy their listeners. You know, you've provided me with uh, a copy of a commentary by George Bush uh, during the commencement address at the University of Michigan, uh, which happens to be my undergraduate alma mater. And he gave this address in 1991. Uh, And what he said is, seriously, the freedom to speak one's mind, that may be the most fundamental and deeply revered of all our liberties. Americans, to debate, to say what we think, because, you see, it separates good ideas from bad. What's the rest of that quote? Ironically, on this and again, this uh, commencement address was given in uh, 1991 at the University of Michigan, where George Bush said, ironically, on the 200th anniversary of our Bill of Rights, we find free speech under assault throughout the United States, including on some college campuses. The notion of political correctness has united controversy across the land. And although the movement arises from the laudable desire to sweep away the debris of racism and sexism and hatred, it just replaces old prejudices with new ones. It declares certain topics off-limit, certain expressions off-limits, and even certain gestures off-limits. Those are pretty prophetic words for 1991, which is about 25, 26 years ago. I'll remind you all that uh, we're talking with Dr. Jerry Chotner, and he will be speaking at the Towns Union Tea Party on Tuesday evening, March the 27th at 6.30 at the Butternut Creek Golf Course, and we urge you all to attend. Now, obviously, this is extended now into a lot of different areas of our society. How about the NFL? Uh, the NFL, <laughs> you know, with the political correctness of uh, not offending their players when they disrespected our flag and our national anthem and indeed the United States as a whole by, quote, taking the knee at the, uh, at the uh, uh, Pledge of Allegiance or the singing of the national anthem. It would have been easy for the owners of the professional NFL teams to just lay down the rules to their employees that, this is not to be done. They failed, however. Profit and the fear of losing their black players was more important to them. I find that very sad. Well, doesn't the NBA have a rule uh, against those kind of protests? I'm not familiar with what the rule would be. 
it is my understanding that if you are an NBA player, you can't sit for the national anthem. Uh, that they, uh, as a, and they're a private business, of course, uh, the NBA, and they have they have decreed that they won't tolerate that. Uh, we know that the NFL has lost a lot of viewers, that the, a significant percentage of viewers have turned off the NFL this year because of those protests. Um, most people that I talk to would tell you that, uh, you know, they watch football as a, as an escape. That's, that's entertainment and they don't appreciate being lectured to or people demonstrating political agenda while they're trying to enjoy a football game. That's what most people are saying to me. There was a game and I'm not sure the news made it up into the mountains, but at the, uh, at Kennesaw State University, Sam Olians, the president of the university who used to be our state attorney general, under pressure somewhat from the uh, state legislatures who wanted the cheerleaders at a basketball game that took the knee during the national anthem. He wanted the state legislators wanted these cheerleaders disciplined. Uh, Mr. Owens instructed the coach of the team to not allow these were black cheerleaders, but. They, to not allow them onto the floor until after the national anthem was played. What were the dangers of doing this, politically, correctly speaking? The dangers were that Mr. Olians lost his job. He was forced to resign as president of the university. Very sad. It is. So in terms of the perpetrators of political correctness, one of the major groups involved is Antifa. Tell us about that. Antifa, although the name means that they're anti-fascist, Antifa, in my opinion, is a fascist organization. They arm themselves and they attend any rally uh, as an opposition to anybody that, whose values that they think are too conservative. So... The, the hypocrisy there, of course, is their name says anti-fascism, but every single technique that they use is exactly what Adolf Hitler and the brown shirts exactly. used in the 1930s in Germany. You know, I was not the first person to say that, uh, that uh, political correctness is fascism. Uh, George Carlin, years and years ago, said that when he did a little uh, com- comedic routine on political correctness. And and it is fascism. And, and any time you restrict somebody's right and most important right, in my opinion, of free speech, I, you're being a fascist. You walk out on this person and you won't listen to what he has to say. All right, that's okay. But when you cause so much disruption, you know, to a speaker because you don't like what he's saying, that he can no longer speak. That to me is very dangerous. Well, that has obviously happened on universities around the country today. Um, Conservative speakers uh, basically are not able to speak without an enormous amount of protection, uh, without students uh, protesting, screaming at them, yelling, throwing things. Some have been attacked, uh, like Ann Coulter and uh, Ben Shapiro has been had many problems. They. I think Berkeley had to spend $600,000 in security 
and limit who could actually come into the auditorium for him to be able to speak. And you're right. These are, and meanwhile, outside, of course, they were busy burning down buildings. I'm not sure what burning down buildings has to do with uh, speech. I don't think that is free speech uh, any more than the Supreme Court may say burning the flag is free speech, but I don't agree with that. I think that all of us that are upset with what's going on with political correctness need to start speaking out ourselves against it. The inherent dangers of it were... I hope everybody's becoming aware of. Well, I hope so, too. Uh, Dr. Chotner, thank you very, very much for being a guest on Freedom Forum Radio. Well, thank you, too. I've enjoyed being here. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Everything gonna be all right this morning.